0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hi, and welcome to our latest Outsports Podcast. This is the last one in March. We got April Fool's Day tomorrow, April first. Jim, you often have something up your sleeve for April first, is there have you been combing through the latest sports headlines to find something good for tomorrow?
0: You know, it's gotten to be really hard because now it's become such a cliche that everybody's doing April Fool stuff that it seemed less sort of cool to do an April Fool thing. Um, and we wrestled with this. We did one. Week. What? No, you did one one year. What was it?
1: Terrell Owens, right? That so, so Terrell Owens had come out or that a, uh, an athlete had come out. I can't remember what it was. No,
0: it was it well, we always – we you and I talked about it. We try to avoid doing anything that says, you know, so-and-so's athlete's coming out, and then you go, oh, April Fool's, and, you know, you kind of get – because that's what we, we do, coming-out stories, so it has sort of a a deceptive – I've done stuff with horses or something, you know, like stud. <laughs> You know, muscular stud, whatever. You know, and people get
1: <laughs> yes. But now but with the like onion, stud.
0: and <laughs> now with the onion, is it's kind of like this kind of stuff done all the time, a daily on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, it's not even well. It's it's April, it's April Fool's Day every day at the Onion. Uh, well, we are here at uh, the last day of March, March Madness. The, the end is near, and one of those teams vying for the national championship is the. University of North Carolina that has kind of found itself in the middle of controversy uh, unwittingly as the state of North Carolina has passed and signed a, a, into law a bill that not only legalizes discrimination against LGBT people and, 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 and mandates discrimination against transgender people, but it prevents any municipality in the state from protecting LGBT people. So um, the, the, the city of Charlotte tried to protect LGBT people, the, the discrimination ordinance, and the state legislature in North Carolina called its first emergency session in 35 years so that they could make sure that LGBT people in Charlotte had no protections whatsoever, and store owners and, and locker room attendants and everybody else could discriminate against LGBT people all they wanted. So Jim, you know, first of all, let's talk about the Final 4 and 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 North Carolina being in the Final 4. The Final 4 is in Houston. And I I look at I look at what the NCAA has has done with this issue. NCAA keeps talking big talk about oh, we're watching, you know, these laws, these discrimination laws um and and saying that oh, they're going to consider these laws when 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 looking at future places to host championships and final fours and tournaments, but they're going to Houston that has legalized discrimination against LGBT people this weekend. Is this a double standard? Do you, do you buy that? Oh, the NCAA couldn't have moved this final four. So it's okay. Uh,
0: In terms of Houston, I, I honestly don't know because I don't know the logistically how impractical it would have been to have moved this final four. Um, and the, the Super Bowl, I think I have a different feeling about I mean, that you can move a Super Bowl uh, with a year's notice. You easily could have found a venue to do it. And I'm not trying to give the NCAA a pass, but I don't think they're going to probably do anything with the uh, – well, certainly do anything with Houston, but that, that there's two there's regional finals in North Carolina next year and the year after. And they've made noises about doing something about it. But you wrote a really good column early in the week sort of detailing all the – Member institutions that have done things that harm LGBT people that have done anything, I think it's all just hot air from them because they really don't want to act on it. They want the decision to be taken out of their hands. They're praying in North Carolina that the courts overrule and say it's unconstitutional and you know slap an injunction on it so they don't have to do anything about it. In terms of Houston, the fact they haven't really even said anything about Houston from what I can gather, right? The NFL basically said the day after the ordinance was passed, which was last November, Super Bowl's being held in Houston, that's it. And the story died, yeah. and I don't even know if the NCAA even issued even anything about it.
1: Yeah, the NCAA said it's not, it's not, it was not moving the Final Four, and I contacted the NCAA and asked them, do you have the ability to move the Final Four? Actually, what I asked them was, if the if the venue was destroyed in a snowstorm this winter, would you be able to move the venue? And they said yes, we would be able to move. We have we, we would be able to move it to another city. We have we have backup options in case of a disaster. So they so they can move it to be there. You go. Then the they they, they, they can they move it. They don't care. They but 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 they don't want to. The idea of of. Of legalizing discrimination, the idea of gay people and transgender people being discriminated against just just is not important enough to move the venue. They they, they could have it's just, I had too much of a headache. That's you know who's what's going to happen anyway? Just a couple of gay people and trans people, like who cares? But if it was black people, could. if it was black people, they would have moved it in a heartbeat. It was, it, nobody would have even had to ask them
0: one thing i've been thinking about that i think makes it difficult for these pressure on these institutions is there it's all in a sense theoretical meaning we have not seen examples of people being fired openly because they're gay or being denied you know apartments or you know being kicked out of a bathroom and so it's hard for people to put a direct sort of consequence on us i mean the state of texas does not have a statewide lgbt laws as do most what the vast not not the vast majority the majority of states do not have protections for lgbt people and yet because we don't see specific clear-cut examples of person x being fired because he was gay no one feels compelled to act upon it and i think that's one of the reasons is that we don't know if someone is denied employment or a job or um an apartment because they're gay because the person doing it is not going to use that as a reason. They're not going to publicly say, I didn't rent that apartment to a lesbian couple because I'm anti-gay. So I think it allows everybody to sort of get, you know, figure, oh, this is one of those laws that's on the books that's not enforced and there's gay people living in Texas and they're totally happy and fine. So it allows them a certain cover because these things exist in some ways in a theoretical sphere in terms of who's it actually who's actually been harmed. And Yet you're right. If it was a racial thing or a, you know, done with any other ethnic minority, it would be clearly um, a lot more of attention about it. But I do think that, you know, gay and lesbian people still are generally invisible to the world by and large. And there's not enough people clamoring for it. And so you have there's, you know, look at the thing with Houston, with the NFL. That was a one day story. And it pretty much they said, wait, move it. And that was that everybody moved on. Nobody cares.
1: Well, just to be clear, we do have examples of LGBT people being fired from NCAA institutions. Lisa Howe was a very successful, heralded-by-the-school soccer coach at Belmont University in Tennessee. She was fired as soon as she told the school that she had a wife and they were having a child together. She was fired because she was a lesbian, and because it was in Tennessee with no protections... They had. She had no legal recourse. So, we do have examples. And 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 uh, Haley and Leanna uh, are uh, Haley Vedeckas and Leanna White are suing Pepperdine over being kicked, essentially kicked off the uh, Pepperdine team for being lesbians and for dating. You have a coach in Texas who was just fired from. Uh, pra- I think Prairie View is in Texas, isn't it? Prairie View A and M. Yeah. Know. Uh, she, uh, she was just fired. Um, but but but. She had previously suspended two lesbians because they were dating. So we do have examples of people in sports, in NCAA institutions, taking action and firing LGBT people. There was a trans professor at Shorter University. Or no, Azusa um, Pacific, this a Pacific, a Division II school, was fired for being transgender. We, we do have examples of this. So it's I don't I don't think it is theoretical and and just today I I know religious institutions are often treated separately in the eyes of a lot of people but they are nonprofit they're given government status nonprofit status and I think that's important to the conversation we just ran a letter from a woman in North Carolina who if she doesn't divorce her wife she's gonna get kicked out of her church so we we do have specific examples of this kind of thing happening.
0: But I think what I mean is that there is no – there's no pushback. There's no organized pushback by anybody to sort of make them do it. And I think the media is complicit in it because they, they write a one-day story saying the NFL and NCAA aren't moving their events, and no, there's no organized pushback. There is no – the equivalent of Black Lives Matter, of people protesting, of people doing you know stuff that makes the media get attention and i think it it shows to the invisibility still in this country of lgbt people the, the majority are still closeted they're not out to their family friends coworkers and so people when i say theoretical most people don't see if it was a black you know a thing about black people you would be able to by this color of skin say oh this could affect my coworker you have people who probably have no idea that maybe you have a gay coworker sitting right next to them who could be fired you know for for no cause at all but because of what his sexual orientation is that's what I mean. And I think part of the part of the responsibility lies with, you know, groups like, um, you know, you know, just a, or, you know, groups who can sort of apply pressure. We can write all the stories we want to. and We write a lot of stuff on it. But at the end of the day, no one's putting pressure on these. The, the advertisers aren't putting pressure on the NCAA that to move it. No one no one cares. And that's the sad part. I, they're just nobody really seems to give a shit.
1: Yeah, that that is really interesting. I mean, we point to oh, well, Apple says it will move this, and um, what well, what I find interesting is that there's a lot of bluster before things happen. And if you don't do the if if you do this, then we're gonna pull out. Well, then you know they never have to go through with it because it gets it it like in Georgia, the the governor had all this pressure from all these companies. And he vetoed the bill, so okay, everybody gets saved. In North Carolina, a lot of those companies are in North Carolina. Why are they not pulling out? Why are they sticking around? If, if with all this conversation and all this bluster about what would happen to Georgia, they got saved. They 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 got bailed out by the governor because I don't I don't think a lot of these companies uh, would go through with anything. The NFL, you know, it says oh we're going to think about where we host the Super Bowl. If, you know, we're going to take these laws into consideration. Like you said, it didn't move the Super Bowl out of Houston, even though it could have. And uh, it, it, there was no conversation about them moving the NFL Combine out of Indianapolis when Indiana passed that anti-LGBT bill. So I just I just think that all these all these leagues, including the NCAA, none of them want to handle this stuff. They, they all want to look like they're doing stuff. They all want to do PSAs, and they want to do little trainings with athletes, and they want to... They'll have an inclusive policy that they have no intention of ever enforcing. They don't believe they'll ever have to enforce. But when push comes to shove, they just won't stand up for the community. And it's, so it's not just the advertisers. Like the, I mean, none of the,
0: the advertisers, the corporations, these leagues, none of them want to do anything about it. They, they're just not taking it seriously. I mean, the only example I saw where someone probably would have done something, it seemed that in Georgia, Disney clearly wasn't it would have been easier for Disney to simply say we're not filming anymore. Right. If you have a project right. that hasn't been assigned yet, you can say, OK, starting, you know, this project's going to end in November. It's the last one we're doing in Georgia. See ya. That is actually a threat they could have carried out. And I think it had an effect. But most of these companies, if they're already wedded and they built plants and stuff, it is an economic cost for them to do. So their principles clash with their profits and their profits are always going to win. So they rattle the, you know, they rattle the sword. Well, is but PayPal, one of the big companies, just is, is opening some data processing in North Carolina. Are they going to actually stop construction and leave town, which you would think they would do based on what they say? No, they'll probably you know, make a lot of complaints and assure their employees that they're, you know, they're not going to be discriminated against. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do anything, which is why they're all hoping that a court comes along and stops it, because then it it's absolves them from having to have to make a decision that their shareholders probably would not agree with. And that's that's the problem. And so we're sort of at this loggerheads that there's nobody making demands. And so, you know, what if, uh, you know, what if the what if the broadcast networks collectively said they weren't going to broadcast a Super Bowl, whatever? I mean, that would be a shitstorm. Right? It would be enormous PR thing. And maybe they wouldn't have legality to do it. But the NFL would quickly say, uh, we ain't have it in Atlanta if there was an anti-gay bill there. But nobody cares about it. And unfortunately, so you know, that that's, I say, the biggest problem is that there's not enough people who see this as an important enough issue that they put their money where their mouth is.
1: You know, there's a really good comparison between the sports leagues and the entertainment companies because you, you may have uh, manufacturing companies in Georgia or North Carolina factories in North Carolina or Georgia. The idea that a company will simply, like, shut down a factory tomorrow because there's an anti-LGBT law, that's completely unrealistic. You, you, there are so many jobs that are involved. There's so many millions, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars involved. Certainly over the course of several years, you could phase, phase out of a state. But the, 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 the comparison between the entertainment companies and sports leagues, uh, I think, is a great one because the entertainment companies, they drop into a state for a few months to produce a TV show, and then they get out. And the same thing with a sports league. They drop into a state for a few months or a few weeks to produce an event, and then they get out. And I know, I have a friend who is in Georgia right now filming a pilot, and he he was told by the head of the network, if Georgia passes this law, we are not filming in Georgia, and I need you to start figuring out where you would shoot instead of Georgia for the same budget and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the entertainment companies are very real. And I think one of, the, one of the big differences is that LGBT people are in power positions in the entertainment companies. They're heads of yep. networks. They're heads of production departments. In the pro sports leagues, there's not a single out. I mean, who's the most powerful out person in, in any of the leagues? I mean, I guess Rick Welts is the CEO of the Welts. Golden State Warriors. And what's that? Yeah, probably, and Laura dead. Ricketts, right? She's a, Laura Ricketts is a part owner of, of the Cubs. So, but there's no one that we know of in the front offices of the Big Five sports. Certainly, none of the commissioners, none of the none of the big senior vice presidents. So, and maybe they're closeted, maybe. But, but there's you know there, and it, says, it reflects the importance of having LGBT people at the table in the sports world who can say, no, we're doing this. We are. We're going to make a statement here.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean we we're also seeing it. We don't have even athletes really speaking out about this, right? They've been pretty silent on the whole on the whole issue. And the one athlete we had talked about, yeah. it, Steph Curry, which has been a story that's gotten a lot of comment on our site, is he issued a statement that I described as incoherent, and it was because he said he you know, he's a Charlotte native, so the All Star Games in Charlotte next year. And the NBA has basically said they're reevaluating whether or not they're going to have the All Star game in Charlotte. And he was asked about it, and his comment was, it's, you know, the NBA has policies that, you know, respect everybody, and it's interesting that, you know, it may affect the All Star game, which I thought was an odd comment. And then he said, regardless of how you feel on the law, I hope that things can be worked out. And that makes no sense. This is not anything to be worked out. The law has been passed. The only way it can be stopped is by court action or the legislature overturning something that it, as you said, went into special session for. So that's not happening. So you have the most prominent guy in the NBA issuing this really muddled statement that has no idea what he, how he even stands on the bill. Maybe he supports the bill. So we have no athletes who are really kind of standing up there speaking out about it.
1: Yeah, well, I got to – I just assume that if somebody doesn't speak out against the bill, they do support it. I, I mean, I think that's—I think that's, frankly, I think that's reasonable. It's very, very easy to say, yeah, I'm—I'm a—I'm a black man, and I am against discrimination. Like, really easy to say. Uh, you know, I get told over and over again how 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 much the black community embraces LGBT people now, and how 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 much that has changed over the last few years. It should be really easy for a black man in the NBA to stand up in front of a bunch of cameras and say, I'm against discrimination. I'm against this law. It should be very, very, very easy. He didn't do that. There were lots of mealy mouth and playing both sides of the table, just like the NCAA does, right? I mean, this is just playing both yeah. sides of the coin. You know, this moral equivalency between homophobes and gay people. So I just, I assume like you, I assume Steph Curry has no problem with this law.
0: Yeah, even though he may say, gee, I, I, yeah, I feel everyone has equal rights, and he would also claim, he probably parrot the talking points of the groups themselves. And the pastor of the church he has tended in Charlotte is very publicly anti-gay and has spoken out against gay marriage, um, so there's no doubt where he stands on the issue. So yeah, we don't have we we haven't had really any athletes talking about Houston, and the only one was Lance Berkman, and he was for the he was for the bill that stripped the rights away.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that Steph, the pastor at Steph Curry's church is rabidly anti-gay, but you know what? I you know I, on the flip side, I know you know Michael Irvin was in a similar situation where T D. Jakes was his pastor, and T D. Jakes was very publicly anti-gay. And 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 Michael was not, but you know, Michael had a gay brother, and 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 it had a very personal connection to the issue. And as, as we know, I mean, whether it's Michael Irvin or Dick Cheney, if you have an LGBT family family member, chances are you feel differently about it than than people might assume you do. So there, I I I I I I am wary of guilt by association, though it is interesting combined with Curry's statement that that this is, that. Pastor is also rabidly anti-gay, but so I wonder what what is next. I mean, what what are the next steps here? North Carolina isn't overturning this law. I mean, maybe a court will, but you know, if we get into April, we get into May, we get into June. At what point? At what point does the N C the N B A at the N C A? We know is spineless and they're not going to do a damn thing. The N B A that that's the one that people are focused on. What are they going to do? At what point do they have to say? Either, yep, we're keeping the All-Star game here, or nope, we're moving it.
0: Well, that's one to me that can easily be moved. I mean, I can't believe you can't move an All-Star game with a few months' notice. So I think they're probably going to wait it out a bit, but they're going to have to make a decision. I mean, and if they make a decision, they're going to have to say why they're keeping the All-Star game in Charlotte despite what they said. You know what I mean? Like if they say we're keeping it in Charlotte, they can't claim logistical concerns because if you can move – you know, an NCAA Final Four, on short notice, you can move an NBA All-Star game. It's easy. Of course. But I don't know what they're going to do, and I think that's why they're praying that some court will come along and issue an injunction to stop them from having to make a decision.
1: What's the legal argument that, uh, you know, what's the legal argument against this law? Why? Because I haven't read what the ACLU is, is claiming it violates.
0: Uh, that, uh, you know what, I, I honestly am trying to remember. I saw someone talking about it and uh, on Rachel Maddow's show. Oh. Um, something about public accommodations, uh, I think it may have been a Title IX issue because North Carolina was sued, and Title IX was what was used in the Texas, by Texas Lutheran to fire the basketball coach. It was a violation of Title IX. So I think that's part of it because the University of North Carolina system is also being sued. Because in a sense, this you know they're all parties to this thing because they're a state institution. So I think that's no. what they're claiming um, as as the basis for it. And not you don't know how a court. No with, idea how a court's going to rule.
1: Well, a court in North Carolina. Um, not to well, malign or. Our, our,
0: it could be a federal court.
1: I understand, but you know, if it was in, if it was going to be in on whatever it is, the the West Coast, I might feel a little more confident than it being in the Southeast. Uh, even if North Carolina has made some advances,
0: um, yeah. you
1: mentioned Texas Lutheran. It was it was Prairie View A and M where that coach was oh, fired. Duh. Uh, I was thinking Tex- of Ryan Bean, a
0: tennis player. We did a story on him today. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Well, Ryan, yeah, Ryan Bean, openly gay tennis player at Texas Lutheran University, who's uh, you know who's a, who's an important part of the, who's openly gay important part of the team there and has been embraced by teammates. The coaches just want to not malign our good friends of Texas Lutheran. <laughs> um, well, it, well, it would be certainly interesting to watch, and you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm not sure that the NCAA, I'm not sure that they are even movable on this issue, because every time I've spoken to people there about it, all I hear is, well, we have no power, no, well, we can't do anything, and I think this is part of the frustration with with the NCA is that because the NCAA front office, the, the national office, has, really has no power. I mean. Mark Emmert could absolutely and should get in front of cameras and say, this is what the NCAA should do, and I'm going to make sure we do it. And he should demonstrate some leadership. The problem, of course, is that the NCAA and, and all of the conferences are, they're just kind of, they're at, they're at the will of the schools. I mean, Stanford University or Wake Forest or North Carolina, Florida State, they can and leave their conference anytime they want they could up and leave the NCAA anytime they want. So the the NCAA has this kind of tenuous relationship with these schools where they're holding them together, and it's a mutually beneficial thing. But at some point, if the NCAA pisses off enough schools, the schools will leave. But frankly, I would love to see Stanford and Duke and University of North Carolina, UCLA, up and leave the NCAA because it's too pro-LGBT. I would
0: love to see the day that happens. Yeah, well, they certainly have the power when they want to punish a school for minor infractions. You know that's certainly within their wheelhouse. And you're right, all the NCAA could do with this was simply, you know, issue a really strong statement saying that they, their intention is to move this. And if they get pushed back, at least they're going to look like the good guys in the situation. But they're going to seem to be mealy-mouth about it. And my guess is, is is nothing's going to happen because they haven't shown any leadership on this issue at all in terms of the you know the examples you listed of people who've kind of been you know, lost their livelihood over this.
1: Yeah, well, and, and one last thing about the, um, I'm having this debate on Facebook right now because the question is, so this this church is essentially telling this lesbian, this, this lifelong lesbian member, church in North Carolina, um, either get a divorce or get out of the church. And the question is, uh, should a church be forced to have lesbian members if it doesn't want it? And I, I kind of come down to, well, one, it's the United States, and we have the First Amendment, Freedom of Association, so it's not, long well, you're not using public accommodations, it's fine, but then the church is getting some, some tax benefits, so it is. So there's, there's one side. And then the other piece of me says the message that this church is sending to gay kids like this woman Kelly, she sat in the same pews when she was a kid, and she talks about just, you know, just being tormented because she heard over and over again from the church how how bad she was. The the torment that these kids go through, I I I mean I I am so I'm so respectful of the First Amendment, but at what point at what point is it abuse to have children sit in a pew and hear? how despicable and disgraceful gay people are. At what point is it abuse?
0: Well, I think it, I mean, I think it's definitely abuse, but I don't think that, I think, I fall on the side of the church, can do whatever it wants to, to its members, and that's, you know, that's, I think, the, the point that gay people have been sort of saying, in a, in a sense, you know, we're not going to tell you what to do as a church, and the government shouldn't tell you what to do, except for the court of public opinion and their own congregation. Um, but yeah, there's, so we hear these stories all the time. But I don't think there's anything we can do about a church itself if they're going to have this policy or want to do this, other than trying to publicly shame them. But I don't think there's anything, any way, a church should be forced to have to do anything they don't want to, because that's the whole basis of, you know, freedom both of religion and from religion. You know, and I think that's that's why I don't belong to a church. <laughs> but I mean, I did. If I yeah. think if I joined the church, I would feel okay. If that's their rules and I violate their rules, they have a right to have me do this. Now, my congregation may say, that's a stupid rule. We're not going to, you know, we don't want to enforce that. But I kind of feel that they can do this. But I do think it shows how hateful and hurtful their rhetoric is and what it does to generations of kids growing up. And we hear it all the time in our stories where religion is the thing they talk about that kind of, you know, set them back the most.
1: Well, I, I... I understand that adults can go and, and and associate freely, but to force your children to sit there in the pews and hear this kind of language that demeans them and means their friends, and I just I, I I wonder if there is a case there to claim that that having children in this church sitting there listening to these ministers is is mental abuse. I'm gonna look into that.
0: Well, good luck getting that done in North Carolina. <laughs> Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> all right, well, that's uh, that's all the time we have this week. We'll be back next week talking about God knows what. I never know what, we're, what I'm going to be writing about when I wake up in the morning, Jim. And we didn't even get to talk about Nathan Ford Hopefully next next week. Exactly we'll next week. That. Yeah, uh, we got more cool news coming about a new, a fun new event. Outsports putting together. Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Until then, uh, we'll check back then.